Then, uh, and after the swelling went, went down, uh, he couldn't ride his bike again. No. Uh, just, is this on? <coughs> uh, no, no, no. Hang on. Light, uh, hey. well, lights on red. Oh, there. Sorry. Lights on red. We're on. Trousers on. Uh, strapped in, ready to roll. It's another Beetle Places podcast with Mark and Cole. Oh, hey. <laughs> yes, another adventure into the marvellousnessnessness and mirth of that, the Beatles. That must be a real word. It is. I, I made it up. Mm. Uh, looking at their formative years here in lovely Liverpool. Ain't that the truth, Cole? Oh, nothing but, Mr Mark. Aye. Nothing but. It's nice to have everyone aboard. Welcome. We love your company and we love having you uh, for this particular episode of the Beatle Places podcast. Uh, and, uh, of course, what do we do here? We love talking about the Beatles. John, Paul, George, Ringo, Tom, Dick, Harry. Who? Uh, <laughs> they, they were the, they were the um, reserve. The reserve, the extras. Reserve. <laughs> right. uh, they played the maracas and stuff like that. Hardly ever noticed them. No, no, stood at the back. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> Live from Liverpool. Hey, in in my very own from parlour. In fact, it's Mark. It's the back one, actually. It's Mark and it's Carl rambling our socks off, yeah. just talking about ra- ra- rambling things, ra- 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 rambling and beetle things at at, uh, at best, and all of the assorted gubbins and thingamabobs yeah. that we normally do. So let me welcome you all to Beetle Places Airways. <laughs> we'll be flying at a height of about three feet oh. for about 45 minutes, okay. and we hope you enjoy the ride. So, uh, and it'll all be over before you can say toilet occupado. I've never said that in my life. <laughs> well, I just did. How high are we flying, by three, the way? Three feet. Three feet. Three feet. I get scared. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Anyway. Yes. Yes, and yes, uh, in that order. So, uh, and the swelling eventually went down. <laughs> we guarantee no better way to idle your time than listening to Mark and Cole's Beetle Places podcast. That's a good idea. Hmm, it's a bit of fun and a, a bit of a laugh. Good of you to give us a click and waste some of your time. You'd rather be shaving the cat or something like that. <laughs> in our company for yet another enticing episode. He's not wrong. And by heck, we've got a good one this week. This time, this episode, uh, this time too, and for sure as, uh, as sure as my name's Hezekiah Snodgrass. It is indeed. This podcast is basically just an excuse to incessantly talk about the Beatles, uh, the best band in the world, and talk about their formative years here in Liverpool. And it's another chance, as well as another chance of another chance, to tell you more about both, and uh, we're going to have fun in the bargain. So, uh, did we did we mention at all that it's free? Uh, I think you did. Oh, good. I, I, I think so, anyway. Anyway, well, it cost me seven and six to get here by bus. I'm sorry about that. Uh, but I used my bus pass. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll overlook this time. As Carl uh, promised me the lend of his Beano annuals. <laughs> I wonder what happened to mine. Uh, let's simply tell, uh, tell you what we've got in today's show, anyway. Oh, please, yes. So sir. sit down, put your feet up, put the kettle on, have a nice cup of tea and a chocolate biscuit. You can get it stuffed with all the usual Great Beetle features and items to keep you amused and entertained. Ooh. <laughs> and what else in this episode? Well, let's find out from my fellow presenter. That's him over there. Now he's back from unclogging the drains and uh, shaving another cat. Uh, the man whose budgie has a, vecular v- 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 a better vocabulary than him. It's Cole. 
and, and, and seems like better than yours as well. So, uh, yeah. God I bless my I being a dentist today. <laughs> I so. know. Poor Mark. He yeah. went to the dentist today and uh, he's biting his tongue my, as you tend my to. My mouth is still healed. In sympathy, I'll talk like blah, 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 well for a second or two. That's but uh, I, can't, so. I can't keep that up. <laughs> so, anyway, bye, Joe. Get on with it. Ta-da! Bye, Jove, that's a catchy tune. So, who's a pretty boy, then? Yes, Tar, fly from me front parlour. Once again, it's the Beatle Places podcast with Mark Hancock, and we have a metric ton of Beatles stuff today. There's the uh, terrifically good Beatles... I could, I'll say that in English. There's the terrifically good Beatles trivia quiz. We should slow down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Please, yeah take off, yeah. off the pedal for a second. There is the terrifically good Beatles trivia quiz. Is this slow enough for you? No. There's the terrifically good Beatles... Tri- take nine. There's the terrifically good... Beatles trivia quiz from yep. Mark. Mm-hmm. More fiendish fab four questions to scratch your head to. And uh, we got Mark doing that. And Mark, as well as that, is going to present this month in Beatle history. Uh, and then it might be both of us, or I think it might be me flying solo again, doing the Beatles book review. And uh, that's from Mark and Cole. Ooh, that's me. And uh, as well as that, I tend to do another little review about the Beatles albums. And this uh, week we're going to look at Abbey Road. Uh, and also, finally, finally, in features and things, we're going to be talking about who was the fifth Beatle. Um, it's certainly intriguing. I think so. I it's, hope so. Aye. Uh, and knitting it all together will be yours truly and yours, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> Mark and Cole, uh, in our own... Thanks very much. ...inimitable, irritable style, mm. droning on and on and on, with obscure references and daft jokes throughout... This the ideal companion to those of a nervous disposition, those without a nervous disposition, and they can say it properly, and those still on the waiting list, oh, God those bless them. with um, agoraphobia, <laughs> anything else. Uh, so let's crack on, clap your hands, clap your jewellery as we commence a, another Beatles podcast. Settle down, don't forget, a splendid time is guaranteed for all. This is the Beetle Places podcast with Mark and Cole. Please keep your hands inside the vehicle at all times. Well, and welcome one and all to the BPWMAC. That doesn't go very well. Let's say it's the Beetle Places podcast with Mark and Cole. So in order of shoe size, here's Mark with that ever-reliable, undeniable, incontrivable, terribly terrific, tricky Beatles trivia quiz. Mm -hmm. Mark, here you go, lad. Do the honours. Right, then. Are you ready? Um, The first question comes in uh, three parts, so I'd like to know... Mm. Um, Oh, tell him as well. I don't know what the answers are. Colt doesn't know what the answers are. This is totally uh, off the wall. I, uh, I'm your test audience. From the album called Sgt Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, mm. there's three tracks I would like to know how long they are oh. without you um, sort of looking, rushing over to look at the album cover <laughs> or anything like that. I've, I've got a measuring tape. Hang on a minute. Right. Are we ready? The first one, with a little help from my friends, how long do you think that track is? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
All right. You, you want to answer it straight away? Or well, we gonna, no, no, leave, gonna, it, leave it. We're going to be a bit of a latent one. Leave just a couple leave of it. days, a yeah. couple of days, and we'll Let come back to it. Let it stew, yeah. So with a little help from my friends, how long is that track? Right. So don't go off and stop this and go off looking at it now. <laughs> um, the next track, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Um, how long is that track? Do you think it's longer or shorter? Mm. Fine and all, Lily. Getting better. The next track on the album. How long is that track? Okay. So those. Um, that's a good bunch of questions to kick off. So yeah, yeah. That's keep, question one. Keep it up. Three so little that's bits. Question one there. in three bits. Okay. Right. You've got that. Shall Written we down. Mucci on to uh, question question two or more. Right. Who had a friend or lodger called Legs Larry Smith? Okay. Who had a friend? Called Legs Larry Smith. I got you. He also lodged yeah. with them as well. Legs Lodge. Larry Smith Lodger. was in the Bonzo Dog Band. So that's a clue, isn't all it? All right. Yep. So who was it that stayed with? Um, who did he stay with? Who did he stay with? Yes. That's the right way. Or around. who did he stay with? Yes. <laughs> who did he <laughs> stay with? Aye. Right. Question number three now. Question. Number three. And I saw this on the television the other day. Oh, hey. um, Paul McCartney on, on Disney Plus, uh, McCartney 123 or 321, whatever it's called, and he's talking about this man. Who was it that sued Paul McCartney? Which singer sued, or the music company of this person, uh. who sued him? Because uh, they ripped off his song, um, and on the, this Disney Plus programme, you could. They played both together, and uh, Maka won. Well, Maka didn't win. Maka. <laughs> uh, I don't know whether he won or not. Oh right! Oh great! To be honest, but to be confirmed. To be confirmed. So who was it that sued Paul McCartney? Uh, the other one was I've forgotten. Legs Larry. Who was it that um, was a lodger? We know who was the lodger. Legs Larry Smith, but. Which beetle did he stay with? Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, finally, question number one, I'm going back in time. Timings. With a little help from my friends, how long was that song? Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, how long was that? And Getting Better, how long was that? All from the album, uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Okie dokie. It's Beetle Places Podcast with Mark and Col. Radio's answer to naked attraction. There, just like a microwave porridge, uh, we're done. Oh, good. A bit hot, but uh, just let it cool down. <laughs> Don't forget the sugar. Uh, I'll repeat them in a wee while. Hi. Uh, and uh, so hang about for the answers later on in the podcast. So let's join Col now. He's got his trousers on at oh, last. Oh, little old me. Not with super glue or blue tack or sellotape or any <laughs> other, sticky, other sticky tapes that are available. But to hear him in our other regular feature... The Beatle Places album guide to the Fab Four. Are you ready? This time, it's the 1969 album, Abbey Road. Giving unemployed, good-looking, tall, handsome, well-groomed voiceover artists a bit of part-time work. It's the Beatle Places podcast with Mark and Cole. Is that all right? That's yeah, fine, thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Next. Well, tar, Mark, tar very much. 
Yeah, it's Col here, and I'm featuring a little thing called the Beetle Places Album Guide to the Fab Fourer. Uh, the album that launched the zebra crossing industry as we know it. <laughs> yeah, it's time again for the Beatles Album Guide to the Fab Four, and we're getting near the end now. We're getting near the end of the big catalogue of genuine albums, not compilations and stuff. But uh, this is the one that seemed to make uh, a big difference at the end. It's the album Abbey Road. The White Album was released in September of 1969. It was initially recorded between Feb 22 and August the 5th, 1969. Or should I have said Abbey Road was released in September of 1969? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, yeah. Blame, Microsoft, blame, blame Microsoft Word auto-corrected me there. Yeah. So the track listing, and uh, it was excellently sequenced, by the way, went like this. <coughs> Side one, come together, something, Maxwell Silver Hammer, Oh, darling, o o uh, exclamation mark at the end. Octopus's Garden, with lots of apostrophes in there. I want you, she's so heavy. And then over on side two, lived. Here comes the sun, because you never give me your money. Sun King, me, Mr. Mud Mustard, Polythene Pam, and she came in through the bathroom window. Golden Slumbers carry that weight medley. And the end, and finally, Her Majesty. What a sequence of records. Anyway... Abbey Road was the last Beatles album to be recorded, but released before Let It Be. Ringo wrote Octopus's Garden when he left the group in 1968, and the band suspended recording in July when they listened to the Wimbledon final on the radio. Golden Slumbers, in fact, as a song, was written by Paul back at his home in Heswell on the Whittle, and he saw some sheet music in the chair of the piano uh, called Cradle Song, uh, dated from 1885, well out of copyright. No one could sue him. Uh, it was there in his dad's house, and uh, he left. it was left on a piano by his uh, new stepsister called Ruth. And uh, though Paul was unable to read music, he kind of liked the title, and he created his own music for it. So McCartney uses the same first stanza of the original poem, with uh, some little weird changes, adding to it a sort of single lyrical line, repeated with minor variation. So it says on the back of the tin, John said Abbey Road was less about experimentation, but it was more different experiment with segues and formats all the way through. Well, you can remember that with the medley. It's got several key moments in it, and uh, George's huge hits, Something and Here Comes the Sun, are on that particular album. Uh, what great songs <coughs> they are. Mm. Uh, the great ending, I Want You, had that unexpected ending to the album uh, where it just stops. And uh, I remember you telling me a story about that, Mark, saying they just cut it, didn't he? They did. He just yeah, cut just the tape. Cut the tape and that yeah. was it. That was really good because yeah. it sort of belongs where it belongs, doesn't it, that cut? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just um, like that. And of course, something that was thrown away, not tape-wise, but Paul had um, been mucking around with a little tune that he didn't think much of on the day. And um, he just discarded it, really, called Her Majesty. Uh, but the recording engineer was told never to throw anything away that the Beatles made, and um, he played it back at a later time. I can't remember the engineer's name, but um, uh, because it sounded better a bit later on in the day, changed your mind, and it went on the album. Not Norman so, Smith or no, Alan know, Parsons? No, it wasn't no. even Jeff Emmerich, it was somebody no. else, funny no. enough. Um, but you and I can all tell that um, Abbey Road was kind of a happy album for all concerned. I think they were all pleased with the way it turned out. Aye. And it was a great way to end a really dazzling pop life. Actually, mm. you've left a track out of there. Did I? The really? one at the very, very end, Music for Dogs. 
Yeah, they say so, yeah. Yeah, and Which they, is the high frequency. High frequency sound that only dogs can hear. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Paul McCartney was saying on on this uh, Disney Plus program the other day, yeah. put that on, and dogs would be sat there going, oh, what's that? What's that? That's a nice bit of music at the end there. Oh, well, if only I'd had my sister's dog here, he could have uh, commented on how he felt about that particular track. I love the... the the drum bit at the end as well with Ringo doing the drums with all the guitar solos the, the three of them that's uh, right it was his only solo he never liked them never liked solos did he so uh, he admitted he had to do one and that was kind of an okay yeah, one it's a memorable really one that. isn't I can, it I can do that yeah, yeah. I you, won't you do, do it now but do it on your, on your driving on seat on the biscuit tin yeah. Um, I, I, I liked um, there was a comment in a book I read which was um, Paul had said he liked the album because it takes as long to hear as to have a bath the time it takes to get in the bath, then get yourself out and get dressed. That that sort of makes it complete. And I'd never realised that that was his test. You'll have to try that one. Yeah, you? in fact I will, but it might yeah. be a little bit dangerous with the electrics and everything else. I'll be careful. We don't have the record player in the bath with you. Why not? I'll put it on a tray. Oh, all Should right. be alright. Bobble about a bit, but it'd be alright. Um, so all the Beatles albums seem iconic, but yet this one is the most, I think. I um, love that. I love it. It, it seems to be the case with Abbey Road. Uh, Ian McMillan, you know, the photographer guy, um, famously only took six photographs of the band crossing the road in St John's Wood, just near EMI Studios, and uh, and they went beyond iconic as pictures go. And yet you can just stare at that cover for hours. Um, but don't do it in the bath. No, because no, your record player gets in the way. And the album cover will go all uh, wobbly. It'll go wobbly and, and, uh, and, and soak up the water so, in the soggy bath. Soggy at one end. <coughs> so, so yeah. talking of end, that's the end. And in the end, that's it. <coughs> Abbey Road, 1969. Les Beatles. Should I do the uh, high-pitched uh, bit at the end? If you like. Here we go. Oh, oh. Quiet. Shh, shh, shh. After. Down, Later. down, 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 down. I think he liked it. So, in case you're wondering, this is Beetle Places podcast with Mark and Cole, and those not asking, there's a freebie. According to this carrier pigeon, now it's time for the be- this month in Beatle history with Mark, brackets Q here fans, Glenister. Oh, take it away, kidder. I will. I'll do. I'll do my best, like. Uh, so the year is 1967. Yeah. Or it was. It isn't now. But no, no. <laughs> once upon a time, long well, yeah, ago, yeah, it was. Yeah. If you check your watch. Uh, and funnily enough. Um, Soon today is uh, February the 8th, uh, I'm going to start off, and you've been talking about Abbey Road, I'm going to start talking about Abbey Road. Um, well, if you want to, you can, of course you can, it's free world. Yeah, uh, well, uh, Sergeant Pepper as well, so 1967, All right. this month Abbey Road history. Studios. Ready when you are. So February the 1st, the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band theme was recorded, February the 1st, 1967. And also, uh, further work on it was done the following day. Mm. Uh, and also, A Day in the Life was done on February the 3rd. That was sort of, they did some work on it then. Ringo added his drum track, uh, replacing the previous one that he did. Uh, they still fiddled around a little bit. Um, and on February the 5th, the horse riding scene for Penny Lane, where they're all 
Oh, in Stratford. In, yeah, they're all yeah. galloping up and down. In London. Uh, did it, Angel Lane in Stratford, East yeah. London. Oh, right. So uh, that's this is where um, Ringo's horse got a bit carried away <laughs> and uh, trotted oh. off down the road with him. <laughs> uh, so the Beatles returned on the 7th of February to Knoll Park, Seven Oaks, to shoot some more horse riding bits and pieces and uh, the Candelabra scenes for the Penny Lane promotional film. That's right. Uh, Mickey Dolenz from the Monkees and uh, his manager, Rick Klein, spent an evening at Paul's house in Cavendish Avenues. So what they had to eat, I do not know. You know, the usual, I guess. Uh, sausages. Pheasant. Yeah. <laughs> Pheasant sausages. Pheasants and sausages. Yeah. And uh, on February the 8th, which is uh, how many years ago... Today? Bloody ages ago. You're quite right. Uh, in the morning, uh, work began on John's Good Morning, Good Morning on that day. Oh, I quite like that one. And tomorrow, February the 9th, which happily enough is my birthday tomorrow. <laughs> I thank you. Thank you. Uh, the Beatles recorded three takes of fixing a hole at Regent Sound Studios, Tottenham Court Road, instead of at Abbey Road. It was their t- first time away from EMI's own studio facility. Oh. Why they went there, I do not know, but they did. Uh, February the 10th, more Abbey Road stuff. They recorded the orchestral chord for A Day in the Life. Oh, the big E chord. Big <laughs> yeah. N- nine pianos, was it? Nine? Something like that, oh, yeah. And uh, in the studio was Mick Jagger, Marianne Faithful, Keith Richards, Donovan, Mickey Dolenz, Patty Harrison... Uh, Marie Kojer, The Fool, the album. Oh, the, uh, the, the Apple People. Apple People. Yeah. And uh, they were all there at the same time. Mm-hmm. So the rest of February, all work on um, um, Sergeant Peppers and also uh, Paul started writing Strawberry Fields as well in the middle That's of February. Right, yeah. With the expectation it would be on the next album. Yeah. And but, uh, uh, kind of was needed as a single, wasn't it, for Crimbo? Yeah, it sort of got uh, pushed back a little bit, mm-hmm. really. And on February the 20th, they added all the fairground sounds to uh, the benefit of Mr Kite. General bits of... Uh, Cal- fo- yeah. F- Footlong bits of tape that they threw on the floor and... Uh, Calliope joined, music, joined them all it's, up called, again. it's called Calliope Calli- music. Yes, that's right. And uh, fairground music, all yeah. the fantastic pipe organ yeah. noises. That Steam love, organ yeah. they had. But, uh, all footlong sections, they threw them on the floor, joined them all up again and... Uh, great, really. Did that. It's just great. Uh, February the 21st, 1967, fixing a hole was completed. So they filled the hole that day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, so many more holes left in Lancashire, but there you go. We uh-huh. fixed that one. And on February the 28th, uh, more Sergeant Pepper sessions. So they're very busy at the beginning of 1967 doing that. Uh, I think it was their chance, you know, yeah. sort of following like uh, all the gigs and all, all the concerts that they had to play. This was their playtime, you know, this was their time to use the studio. Uh, so much more because they, they were given carte blanche with it. And all day, February the twenty eighth, they worked on Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, the uh, the picture that uh, three year old Julian brought home from school of Lucy O'Donnell with um, the diamond shaped stars in the sky. And uh, the teacher told uh, Julian to carefully write the title across the top of the drawing, which is where John found the title for his song. So that comes. Uh, Brings us to the end of February, 1967. Good and there you go. A good bit of history there, and uh, interesting too. Thanks, Mark. Oh, can I go now? No, no, you've got to stick oh. around, sorry, oh. mate. <laughs> uh, I've had me tea, huh? Well, just just uh, watch me eat. Oh, all right. Uh, 
Right, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, Got to mention the quiz, there's always a quiz, and then put some uh, trivia things out there, and then we'll have a, a review, review of the books, and then we've got to do an album review, and uh, we've got to get Mark uh, tell some jokes, because he's, uh, he's got to be funnier, must be funnier, and uh, the, uh, the, then, uh, then we can end with the song, and uh, that'll do, I think. Whew. By Jove. It's hard work, this typing. And for any goldfish out there, this is Beetle Places Podcast with Mark and Carl. And I'll mention that again in 10 seconds. <laughs> Joke. <laughs> yeah. What's there's, the goldfish's name? There's uh, uh, Arthur. No. Bob. Oh, <laughs> Bob. That's a Bob. good one, yeah. 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 People without radio won't get that. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, there's, there's Marvellous Mark. There he goes into the sunset with this month in Beatles history. Ta, Mark. Uh-huh. He'll be back in next to no time, maybe even sooner. And uh, so on with the merry old motley, folks. We've got another feature. It's the Beatle Places book review with uh, me. Um, or, or a complete stranger we pulled off the street. No, it's me, all right. No, nope, build yourself up. That's the way uh, to yes, do it. I'll try not to. Uh, and this time, um, we're going to cover a book uh, that is written by one of John Lennon's uh, friends. He's one of his best friends, possibly his very first friend, uh, Pete Shotton. And we're going to talk about a book called In My Life. Oh. Yes. Sorry, sorry, I had to go and get it. Oh, right. <laughs> sorry, sounds of feet down hallway, sounds of feet coming back up hallway. Here I am. Hello. Well, hello. There <laughs> so you are. Th- there's the book, just to prove I bought it. You did, yes. Yeah, Very yeah. nice. Sir. Um, I've seen that on on eBay and things like that. Very expensive. Mm. I got it normal price. I, I don't know why it was so expensive somewhere somewhere else, yeah. but uh, you've got to be an idiot to pay too much. Yeah. Um, it's been um, in somebody's uh, cupboard for a long yeah, time. Yeah, near, no? near the window. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit pale. Yeah, it's been on the shelf. You can see where it's faded in the sunshine. Well, it, it's a, it was published around the seven mid seventies. Mm. Um, yeah, f- just for all, you know, I beg your pardon. Published in nineteen eighty three. Oh, post John Lennon being assassinated, uh, um, and Pete Shotton obviously thought now's the time to mention so much. He really did. He had a good go at it. I think it's it's what I would call an honest book. Um, it points out all of his beginnings. Pete Shotton's life as a young man, um, his loving mother, he had a very nice uh, pair of parents, um, and yet he lived around the corner from John in a place called Vale Road, and in Vale Road was John Lennon's gang of mates, and a lot of the tales that Pete Shotton has said in this book are to do with the gang of mates, what what antics they got up to. There was a story I liked in there where, um, you know, we, we've, we know of Strawberry Fields, but there was another place in the back of Walton, the sort of kids' neighbourhood that they played in. And it was called Foster's Field, uh, right yeah. next to Strawberry Field. <coughs> and um, John and Pete used to sit on the top of the hill there, kind of a hill. I would, wouldn't say it was a mountain, but it was a kind of a hill. And they were developing the road down to the bottom of Foster's Field into housing, like a mini housing estate. Me, you and you and me both know Walton quite well. Aye. It's a posh place, isn't it? It is. And um, it's got its little bespoke little corners and nooks and crannies. 
and overall it's a nice tidy little village it's quite a surprising place really yeah i mean it's got a bit of a, a good place to go for a good night out as well mm. it's a bit like allison some nice restaurants and stuff yeah like that, yeah right? and get your hair cut there as well um but it, nevertheless <laughs> it was it was john john's childhood neighborhood and uh, in, in the referencing that Pete Shotton makes, there's lots of stories in there. One was about the fact that um, being young men, teenagers, they, they just loved music and they loved messing around and they loved chasing girls. And, and of course, um, things like, you know, sex and stuff was kind of no, not heard of. But they, they, they pursued what they could. Uh, and Pete Shotton and him were sat on this Foster's Field one day. And he noticed down at the neighbourhood that the new houses, um, people were sunbathing in the back of these new houses. And there was a guy who was a policeman who owned a house down there. They must have known who it was. And uh, they said the wife of the policeman, she used to take <laughs> take a top off in the, in the garden. And that's what John and Pete did most afternoons. They just sat there and watched this lady sunbathe. Ah. Um, name not known. No. Um, but the, the other stories are obviously uh, interesting because Pete shot and continued his relationship and friendship with John um, right through to the end of his life because he visited him in New York and things like that. And Pete Shotton, of course, married Beth Davidson, who was the pretty nurse in Penny Lane. And um, Pete Shotton did all kinds of weird stuff. He was a cadet policeman. He ran a restaurant. He ran a cafe. Oh, he did, um, yes. I'd forgotten about that. The old Dutch, <coughs> the old Dutch cafe. And uh, then, um, with the Beatles' help, he uh, he opened a supermarket in a place called Hailing Island. I'm not sure where that is exactly. Berkshire, somewhere it's, like that. Well, aye, you could be right. I'm not too sure myself. It's London direction. Well, the thing is, obviously, he had a knack. He was he was a bit of a he was just as much as naughty a school kid as John Lennon was, because mm. he got in trouble as many times, and yet John Lennon got the fame bit to it so he was famous as being a rebel but Pete Shotton was expelled in detention mm. uh, in trouble all the time um, and yet you know he tried to have a kind of stable life after he left school and became a policeman and became a shop owner and became a restaurant owner and, and so and um, uh, it, 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 it hap- it's just strange that he still had a talent for something while he was John's mate um, he uh, branched out into opening restaurants and things and he ended up owning the Fatty Arbuckle restaurant chain which he sold uh, for millions mm-hmm. so he was a proper millionaire all on his own yeah. merit um, and yet you know so much was said but there's quite a few rude stories in the book uh, which is called In My Life about the girlfriends that they had even when Cynthia was around mm. but um, I've traced and tracked down who they were but they were all kind of in the neighbourhood of where they hung out, which is Walton, Allison, and stuff, especially a lot of girls in flats. And um, one of the stories is about two strippers that John and Pete hung around with, and they went back to their flat a, f- a, fair, ab- a fair amount. The, the, the funny thing was the uh, flat they had was above a funeral director, so it must have been dead yeah. weird. Dead weird, very dead good, weird. very good. Anyway, um, um, I like I like the book because it's so honest. I mean, it, with the mm. internet now, you can research this to death. Um, but it's nevertheless one of one of the best Beatle books to read is the actual story from Pete Shop <coughs> in my life. On and you always ask me this. Hi. Coronet books. Very good. Yes. And at the time, you got to give cost, a plug. It cost five quid. And it must be worth, ooh, at least six by now. <laughs> Maybe six fifty. <laughs> what a bargain. Aye. <laughs> so there we have it, folks. Beetle Book Review, In My Life, Pete Shop. Play us backwards, and it still doesn't make any sense. Beetle Places Podcast.
with Mark and Cole. Hi, hello, uh, Dip, Don't Dazzle, and uh, Okai, okay, you knew the new, you knew the new, who, <laughs> the, the new. Should we have another run at that? Uh, no, no, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> it's bad enough them listening to me, never mind. <laughs> again. Oh, Dami Socks, it's the Beetle Places podcast feature time. Big music now, Pearl and Dean music coming up. Ba, 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 ba. Yep, interesting one this time. It's about the fifth Beetle. Well, yes. Now, whom, whom could that be? Well, a little bit of research, and you could, you know, just, just out of the, for the hell of it, you could tell me who a fifth Beatle is. But I'll give you a few um, that I've looked into, and uh, we can add a few more at the end. Certainly. Um, the fifth Beatle. It's a phrase that's been banged around for a long time. There's always been the mention of, oh, he was the fifth Beatle, and she was the fifth Beatle. Well, the Fab Four is a name everyone knows, but there's only been one Fab Four as far as the universe is concerned, John, Paul, George and Ringo. Mm-hmm. But perhaps the Fab Five deserves a mention and some merit. Um, no, it's not a tribute band that can't count. It's to do with anyone who was a fifth Beatle, in quotes. The term was coined for any person who was in sort of the satellite of the Beatles. Um, not in the band exactly, uh, but influential in some way or other um, to the band. It was a phrase begun really years ago uh, on the Beatles' climb to fame. And in terms of people who deserve the title, there's a whole bunch. And me and Mark will talk about it in a sec. Um, and we'll just have an informal chinwag of all those people who you could say, um, yeah, I suppose they could be and deserve that title, the fifth Beatle. Uh, some are around uh, very early on in the Beatles' lives and existence. Some came later. Uh, some did one thing, some did lots, some never left. But what they all did was something either notable or individual or influential, but essentially critical to the Beatles' success on their path to glory. Uh, so the list isn't exhaustive either. I mean, as news comes to light, even now of people who mattered in the Beatles' story, and now, even now, they deserve a credit. So where do we start? <clears throat> so once there was a fifth Beatle, there actually was a fifth Beatle in the band. It was a Mark, remember? It was, um, well... What, originally? Yeah. You mean, right? Well, there was Klaus Vorman. There was, uh, you can you could suppose you could say Pete Best as well. And Stu Sutcliffe. Stu Sutcliffe was the one, he was the one I was fishing for. Because right. he was officially there. Well, I thought there. I'd, uh, I'd stretch it out a bit. <laughs> so that's when the band was five. And uh, they played on the first tour as a five-some. Is that a good word? Yes. Um, on the tour of Scotland, then they all went over to Hamburg and it was there when sort of Stu didn't stick around for too long and they became really good musicians, but Stu left them midway. Uh, and he was interested in the, he, uh, the exy crowd that came to the gigs and changed the, the way the Beatles looked. And He's more box. arty, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, certainly an arty type. Into his art. Pole and X and uh, all that caper. So, um, if, if if anything, the Hamburg crew were uh, sort of uh, Klaus Vormann, who you've met, uh, Jürgen Gvolmer and Astrid Kirchner, uh, who were influencing each other and, of course, the Beatles. Stu handed over his bass to Paul and left him to become one of the world's best bass, bass players, of course. But Stu's influence and attitude certainly interested the band, especially John, who carried on the baton after Stu's death. Another fifth Beatle might be a guy called Chaz Newby. Oh, yes. Because he deserves uh, certainly a membership to the club of the fifth Beatle. He was a young man, uh, just a student, chemistry student, I think I remember. And he was in a little band in um, 
so Pete's Pete Best's frame uh, of friends, and uh, he was in a band called the Blackjacks. Uh, and <clears throat> the thing was, he kicked around, hung around the Casbah where Pete Best's mum ran. And for a brief time around Christmas of 1960, he played bass for the band in the Beatles because Stuart had gone and they needed uh, somebody to play the bass. And it wasn't always Paul, but this Chaz Newby, he played four significant gigs around Liverpool, especially the Littleland Hall gig, the Town Hall gig, um, when they had just been announced as direct from Hamburg. And that's when they really made an impact and became the band uh, for all the musicianship they had. That's when they proved themselves. And funnily enough, Charles Newby was in that band. I suppose he sort of kept them ticking over as well, really, didn't he? he, he yeah. Rather than not having a bass player. Well, they, yeah, it kept him going. It, it seemed to it seemed to have helped at the time, and uh, he's always lived off the glory of it, not in a big way, but he only played it for laughs. But he was there; he was on that stage, and he performed those shows. Um, he just went back to uni after it was all over, but he was definitely there. I would say, boink, he's a fifth Beatle. Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe another one <coughs> that could be considered a fifth Beatle is our friend and yours, Neil Aspinall, or better known as Nell. Um, George even said he was a fifth Beatle at one time because he knew him from school, he managed their lives, he managed their business, especially after the Beatles broke up. Uh, he was trusted, he, he was very loyal and he was a scouser because uh, it, it helped because he was from Liverpool. That we had that inner circle thing going on. It was all that kinship because, uh, as we know, scousers are salt of the earth and uh, they always helped anyone who within the Beatles and beyond the Beatles. So um, he was even loyal to Pete Best when he got kicked out because he, he was sort of dating his mother at the time. Oh. But um, uh, still, you know, he, he, he would help anyone. And when Apple was uh, in all the sort of Alan Klein period and having all this upset, Neil, Neil kept busy and he was slowly uh, in, in the background. He was collecting all the archive material for future things. And we see them now, don't we? We see them on the Get Back movie and we can see them on the all the sort of uh, projects that the Beatles band have done mm. um, when we see him on TV now. Aye, and also I would say um, Mal Evans as well. He was sort of a fifth Beatle in a way. Oh yeah, I mean that, that's the thing, it's very open um, yeah. in terms Everybody of who, was who deserves a mention, short term, long term. Mal Evans, what a guy, you know, gentle giant, nice guy, helped him along, a lot of uh, adventures with them, sad ending. Yep. Um, but um, there we are, he was in that fifth uh, Beatle category. And George Martin as well. And I'm going to mention him in the second half. Oh, right. So we'll, 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 what we'll do is um, we'll say that's part one of this little Beatle featurette. Right. Let's just spend a moment refreshing the Beatle Places trivia quiz. I'll make some toast. With our, <laughs> with our host... Children's entertainer and part-time part lollipop lady, Mark. I say. Right, now then, gather your loins together because it's time for... <laughs> the Beatles trivia quiz repeat. I hate repeats, but these I'll, I'll, let, I'll let these through. Take a Rennie, that'll stop the repeat. <laughs> right, here we go. Should I do the answers now, do you think? Or? Um, no, plod on for a bit. Oh, Just plod, repeat the questions. plod on a bit more then. Right, okay. Repeat the questions, mate. From the album... Uh, um, Sergeant. Uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. There's three tracks, one after the other. And I'd like to know the length of them. Mm. So, 
you've had chance now to nip off. Yeah, it's harder than you think when you when you go on to Google sit and there, sit there and ponder. How long do you think? Yeah. You know, should I time it? Or With a little help from my friends, how long is that track? And then that's followed by Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Mm-hmm. How long is that track? Mm-hmm. And then it's getting better. I'm pleased to hear it. It is, yes, the swelling's <laughs> gone down. How long is that track? It was started on March the 9th. And uh, I want to know how long the track is. Minutes and seconds, please. OK. Okie dokie. It's all order, but OK. Right. Here we go. Right. And question number T. So three little parts of that first question. All right. I think I've got this the right way around now. Uh, a fellow called Legs Larry Smith, okay? Who was? In the Bonzo Dog Band. Yep. He stayed with a Beatle and was a friend of his for quite a while. Um, so I want to know which Beatle is, it is that Legs Larry Smith stayed with, okay? Got it. You've got that? Yep. All right. And uh, then the last bit was which musician sued Paul McCartney for um, sort of virtually ripping off one of his songs? Okay? Right. Which musician sued Paul McCartney? Okay. Because uh, if you've seen the Disney Plus programme, McCartney 321 or 123, whatever it is, <laughs> it's one of those, 231. <laughs> um the last one I watched it the other day. Yeah. There he was playing away, and it was a definite rip-off. So um, uh, they had to change it around a little bit, the song that they were writing. That's the Beatles was writing. The Beatles were writing, Oh, yeah. really, now? Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, good question. I like the questions. Yeah, good choice so of there questions we go. today. Yeah, yeah, hard. It's nice when you yeah. pick them out of fresh air, really, because uh, yeah. I haven't got a clue myself. <laughs> that doesn't help, but okay. Uh. So, <laughs> so that's that. And uh, after a change of tyres and change my oil, check my uh, tappets and everything else. <laughs> a strategically placed Magic Tree air freshener. <laughs> it's always a green one. It's back to Calamity Cole hey! with his this episode's uh, start again. Yes. With this episode's Beetle Places feature, the fifth Beetle. Ah, off you go. Yes, thanks, Mark. It's part two time with our little Beetle Places feature, The Fifth Beetle, because that's what it is. We're talking about The Fifth Beetle. Can't be denied that the last two people up for the title uh, are worthy candidates. Mark had mentioned one of them earlier. Brian Epstein was the manager who didn't didn't exploit them, first and foremost. He believed in them rather than choreographed them every which way. He didn't kind of manage their musicianship. He just put them on on the world stage and got them noticed. Uh, he was a bit of a fumbler at first and didn't quite do everything perfectly right. But then again, no one had had the Beatles before. He got them gigs, got them tours, got them recording contracts and then wound them up and let them go. Um, but he did pioneer so much in terms of how a band could be a success worldwide. He'd never um, done anything like that before, though, had he? Yeah, I mean, you, you think <coughs> about the job to do, you know. Selling furniture. Wow. And then, uh, yeah, selling a band. Selling a band. Yeah, and he did. He did the furniture one not as good. No. Um, uh, but 
uh, he, he got attention. He, he pioneered this much uh, merchandise, music publishing, and and he could have improved on it, but there'd, there'd never been these Beatle people before, so we can't accuse him of messing up. He just had a good go at it, but uh, as, he, as he would have admitted in most of the things he did, he was a risk-taker, uh, especially in life, and he thrived upon it. So um, it kind of led to his mood swings and his way of behaving, his angry outburst that he was famous for, but the music industry was new. Um, he was in unknown territory and uh, he wasn't a kind of a pop manager, he broke the mould, he wasn't Larry Parnes, he wasn't Colonel Tom pa uh, Parker, is that the guy? Um, this, this band were bigger than Elvis and um, I think uh, that's why Epstein certainly deserves to be one of those fifth Beatles. Um, but Mark had pointed out quite rightly that uh, one of the best choices for fifth Beatle would be George Martin. Um, imagine being that lucky that you had George Martin as your producer. If you were at the Beatles and George Martin came along, well, luckily he was there from the very first recording, and he made he just made all the difference. He had this pedigree, he had all these eclectic tastes in orchestral, classical, folk music, comedy records, which we especially like, don't we? Uh huh. Um, he basically, he could just do it, and he could record it, and he was a master of his uh, equipment, and he just was able to put that genius into records. And he played on some of the albums as well, he played uh, the piano. Yeah, admittedly, and yep. I, I hope he got paid. Um, yeah. The band knew he was a genius, and often they just left him to it. Um, but they were both geniuses, if there's a plural, is a genii. Um, <laughs> yeah, Possibly, yeah. But he yeah. liked them, and they liked him back, because they knew he, he had talent, and he knew they had talent, so they exploited... That, um, he's just so important to them, but his imagination with sound, his ability to put it into recordings was something that helped John along a great deal anyway. Um, and he just helped Paul experiment even more as he got more and more bold with his songs and his music. Uh, nowadays, you'd put, um, you'd, if you happen to write 20 people who were fifth Beatles, you could, you could say Giles Martin's very good. Aye. Yoko Ono. Maybe so, don't know. Mm. Jury's out. Mal Evans, like you said. Pete Best, like you said. ELO, I think, big deal. Yeah. Derek Taylor, who was a, a good laugh, actually, as far as I can tell, very laconic. Bit, yeah. bit odd, yeah. but okay. Even somebody like Murray the K, the big DJ in America, who kind of fought their corner on uh, the American stage and promoted <coughs> them to, to, to death, really. These are all contenders to be in fifth Beatles, so it's never going to end as a debating point. And we haven't got enough time to give them more than just a mention, but um, I might even put Mark in there as a fifth Beatle, as Me? he once shook Pete, uh, Pete Best's hand. I did, I did. And uh, he never he never stops going on about it. And, and, and I've met Klaus Foreman as well. You have indeed, yeah. And you've got a poster at home, haven't you? I have, yeah. So there we are, folks. The fifth Beatle. Hope you liked it. Yeah. Beetle Places Podcast with Mark and Col. Serious radio broadcasting. Tarkol, I was glued to that one. It's certainly uh, very, very interesting. Oh, I've freed myself of some hot water now. <laughs> uh, and a Brillo pad. <laughs> and a very sharp knife. Uh, fascinating with a capital PH. I think it's time now to calm your nerves with the answers to this edition of the Beetle Places Trivia Quiz. Now, excuse me if I uh, spray you again. Yes. <laughs> my uh, my tongue isn't working properly yet today. It looks all right from after here. It's been injected with stuff after me being tripped to the dentist. So there we go. Right. 
Are, are you ready now? Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm poised even. Poised, yeah. poised, perfectly And I haven't balanced. been a dentist, so I should be able to say these properly. Right. I would like to know, mm. minutes and seconds, how long was the track with a little help from my friends? Any well, idea? yeah, if you remember, as a little sort of, um, sort of build-up to it, um, because we get there, don't we? Yep. So, and then it segues out to another, another song. So how about, throw it up in here, four minutes, fifty. No. Way two, off. Two minutes, 41 as seconds. As short as with that? A little, with a little help from my friends. Really, no. Because it starts off with uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band yeah, and then Billy yeah. Shears. Ah. And then you've got that with a little I help see. from my friends. Okay. Two minutes, 15. Right. And then uh, it sort of segues into Lucy and the Sky with yeah. Diamonds. Yeah. And that's the next a, question. A split second in between. Uh, so... Now, how mm. long is Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds? You can compare it with the length of, with a little help from my friends, would you say? Yeah. It's about I'm the gonna, same length. I'm going to have to. A little bit longer. So, with a little help from my friends, was 2 minutes 41. Um, uh, thinking about it, it's a slower tempo, and I would say 3 minutes 30. <sighs> Very close, very close. No, it's not. You're telling me lies. I'm not. Three minutes, 25 seconds. Good grief. So that wasn't too bad, was it's it? You're very, very good there. But it's very yeah. short as songs are remembered. You right, know, excellent. Double your money. Don't you go any? I think I might. Right, right, okay. Right, here we go. The next one. Thank you, Moira. <laughs> Moira. You've been looking again. Uh, right, the next one. Getting Better. That's the next track on the album. Yep. How long do you think that track was? Um, I think that's the shortest of them all. I think that's not very long. I, I say two and a half minutes, two oh, minutes 30. Well, you said two two minutes 41 for a little help for my friends. Yeah. Uh, three minutes 25 for Lucy in the Sky. Oh, don't tell me it's longer. Uh, no, it is shorter. Two minutes 47. Oh, crikey. So it was a bit shorter. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. again, I've completely guessed wrong. Any idea it was the uh, the longest track? On the album? On the album. Um, it might even be Within You Without You. Mm, no, not really. Oh. Uh, very close, though. It's very close. It's got to be Day in the Life, then. It is. So, uh, Within Without You is five minutes exactly. And Day in the Life, five minutes, five seconds. Ah. Because of all the extra bits on the end and, and the, stuff the, like that. And the big E chord Bigger. at the end, <clears> which the is 20-odd seconds. Aye. Yeah. So, he didn't thank do God, too bad. Thank God he didn't make a disco version of no. it. Here's a bar of chocolate for being a good boy. Right. Mm. Okay. Right, question number two. Yeah. Who was it that um, Legs Larry Smith stayed with? He had a friend on the Beatles. Ah. Who do you think it was? Uh, that, well, that's a that's a semi-famous one because there's a song called "They Call Him Legs Larry Legs Larry." Smith. They call him Legs. They call him Legs. Is that's the song. Yeah. And George wrote that song. He did. And I am. Um, and George was the landlord of Legs Larry, who lodged with George. Correct, Mundo. Oh, well done. Long way round. We got there. Got there eventually. And finding an ala Lily. Um, which musician was it that sued Paul McCartney? Um, for ripping off one of his songs. It was practically the, exactly the same. He was well known for playing the guitar, this gentleman. Sadly, no longer with us. But um, uh -huh. any idea? Um, um, he's done it before. Chuck Berry. Correct. Well done. He did John, didn't he? Uh, 
He did John. Yeah, he sued John. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Um, I can't remember all the bits and pieces yeah, on this programme. Uh, John had to um, compensate him yeah. by recording some Chuck Berry songs on his next album. Yeah, which he um, did. And um, he made, got some money Rock back and Roll, yeah. the album was called. Which I quite liked. Yeah, I did as well. Um, I, thanks, thanks. So there we go. And is there any more, or is that all we done? I'd say that's it. Okay. All right. There, good of you. Take well a, done. Take a breath. <gasps> Well, thank you, Marky Boos. Well, according to my electricity bills, I'm due to be disconnected any minute now, so we better wrap this episode up, old matey. Alright, can't argue with that. Okay. Uh, next time I'll bring some miners' helmets, uh, <laughs> some uh, HP2 batteries. Big ones, big ones. A couple of jumpers and a nice pair of shoes. I think. Ah. Uh, we'll be back, folks, imminently, so take his word for it, with another Beetle Places podcast with Mark and Cole. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. Oh. Sound as Ezra Pound. That does sound grand. That's the right. And good news. We'll return with more features than an OS map next time round, so look out for us then. We'll be digging it all out. Uh, this month in Beatle history, uh-huh. we'll have mm-hmm, the Beatles book review, uh-huh. a Beatles album guide, Ooh. all the news, all the usual nonsense, gibberish, <laughs> gubbins, uh, the trivia quiz. Uh, mistakes, things oh, that work oh, well, things that wrong, can, yeah. Yeah, yeah, throw some mistakes in yeah. as well. Uh, th- all the bits and pieces that you've come to love and expect and respect as well from your f- two favourite lovable podcast hosts, whoever they are, and part-time limbo dancers, Mrs. Mark and Cole Hello. on the Beetle Places podcast. Hooray! And uh, it's time that to perfection. Because uh, according to my sundial, uh, uh, oh, hang on, maybe not. It's dark. Yeah, it's dark outside, and my clock stopped three hours ago. Yeah. Well, they've cut your electricity off this one. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, so uh, what time is it now? It's half past three in the morning. Oh, <laughs> is my watch fast? Uh, uh, where's my bike lock gone? Uh, <laughs> and my key. Don't worry, I've sold your bike. It's, oh. I'll, get, I'll, give you, I'll give you the money later. Well, good. I hope so, because I'm starving. I could do with a bit well, of... Uh... You've got to wait till your tongue's calmed down. Well, I know I can't eat very well. I tried soup before, and it all dribbled down. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you silly Billy. I mean, what I'd recommend is porridge, but I mean, you with a bib on this time of night wouldn't look right. So, no, no. I'll, no. Put, I'll go and get me bike anyway. Oh, what a grand idea! Aye. Uh, do you think? Uh, Should we saddle up? Aye. Uh, yep. Do you think this girl's bike's all right? Or? I think it suits you. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, and pink goes with that jumper. Anyway, I'll, I'll see you then. So. Yes. This way out. Thanks for listening to the Beetle Places podcast with Mark and Col. We hope to see you again real soon and don't forget to visit the gift shop on the way out.